Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today, we're taking a closer look at the origin of aspirin, a medicine cabinet staple, and one of the most widely used over-the-counter painkillers in the world. The day was March 6th, 1899. The German pharmaceutical company Bayer was granted a patent for its aspirin pain reliever. In case you don't have a bottle handy, the active ingredient in aspirin is a form of salicylic acid, a chemical whose analgesic properties make it a natural pain reliever and fever reducer. Salicylic acid can be found in the bark and leaves of several kinds of trees and bushes, and that's where humans first encountered it, way back in antiquity, the 4th century BC at least. That's when the early physician Hippocrates started advising his fellow ancient Greeks to chew the bark and leaves of willow trees to help reduce fever and to relieve pain during childbirth. Ancient Egyptians did something similar with the leaves from myrtle bushes, and Native Americans chewed birch bark for pain relief. As you've probably guessed, all three of those plants contain high levels of salicylic acid. Unfortunately, the pain-relieving chemical also comes with some unpleasant side effects, like stomach irritation and, in high enough doses, even permanent damage to the digestive system. 
It also tasted terrible, which is why some cultures used willow bark extract to make balms and teas instead of ingesting it on its own. These drawbacks eventually led to salicylic acid being used only sparingly by doctors in the 19th century. It was a useful medicine, except for when it caused more harm than it cured. That's why it was a big deal in 1897 when a German scientist working for Bayer Pharmaceutical was able to synthesize a less harmful, easier-to-digest chemical, acetyl salicylic acid, or ASA. The search for a replacement for willow bark extract had been going on for years, but it was Bayer who pulled it off by bonding salicylic acid to acetic acid, creating a new synthetic medicine, dubbed aspirin. To be fair, the chemists at Bayer weren't the first to synthesize ASA. A different German chemist, as well as a French one, both hit upon the substance decades earlier. However, it was an employee at Bayer who first made ASA into a safe, stable, and usable medicinal compound. That's an important distinction, but the German patent office didn't seem to think so. It initially rejected Bayer's patent application for aspirin on the grounds that other people had already invented it. Luckily, the U.S. patent office was less discerning and issued Bayer a patent right away. The Imperial Patent Office in Berlin eventually came around too, finally registering the patent for aspirin on March 6, 1899. With its patent rights in place, Bayer was ready to start marketing its latest drug. For its first 15 years or so on the market, the company's aspirin was distributed in powder form and was only available to physicians who would then prescribe it to their patients one gram at a time. Even under those restrictions, aspirin quickly became the top-selling medication in the world. Its dominance was solidified in 1915, when aspirin was finally made available in tablet form and without the need for a prescription. This made it the first mass-produced, over-the-counter pain reliever to come to market. The name aspirin hints at its key ingredients. The A stands for acetyl, and the spur, the S-P-I-R, comes from the spuria plant, a source of salicylic acid. As for the I-N, that was just a suffix commonly used for medications at the time. Originally, aspirin was a trademarked brand name, like Tylenol. However, once Bayer's original patent expired during the First World War, the company soon lost its trademark rights as well, and aspirin became a generic word for any ASA-based medicine. That said, Bayer AG, the modern incarnation of the company, still holds the rights to the name aspirin in more than 80 countries. In the 1970s, the painkiller took a hit when researchers discovered that aspirin also had side effects, just like the willow bark extract of old. Frequent use of aspirin can lead to stomach damage and can even cause hemorrhages. In light of those discoveries, and with new forms of pain relief hitting the market, aspirin use has dropped off in recent years. It still has its uses, though. Aspirin works well for headaches and for reducing inflammation in joints. It's also an anticoagulant, 
which is why it can reduce the risk of heart attack or stroke in some people. You may have noticed a key piece of information missing from the story of aspirin's invention, namely the identity of the chemist at Bayer who made it. For decades, the only accepted answer was a man named Felix Hoffman, one of the scientists on the team that created the first stable form of the drug. However, in recent years, evidence has come to light showing that credit for the discovery almost certainly belongs to someone else, another scientist working for Bayer named Arthur Eichengrun. By all accounts, including detailed evidence furnished by Eichengrun, he was actually the person who figured out how to synthesize a usable form of ASA. Felix Hoffman was Eichengrun's colleague, but he was also his subordinate, acting on his boss's instructions. So then, why did Hoffman get all the credit? The answer is that he wasn't a Jewish scientist, and Arthur Eichengrun was. According to his own account, Eichengrun's contributions had been covered up due to his Jewish background. The switch was made in 1934, shortly after the Nazi regime took power in Germany. That year, Bayer began circulating an official history of its most popular product, and the company gave sole credit for its invention to Felix Hoffman. Eichengrun read the room and prudently decided not to protest this rewriting of his own history. Besides, by that point, he had left the pharmaceutical business behind and moved into research on plastics. Due to his contributions to German industry, and his marriage to a non-Jewish woman, Eichengrun was able to continue his work in relative peace for the rest of the 1930s and into the early 40s. However, in 1943, the Nazis came for him too. He was taken to Tereschienstadt, a transit camp that combined features of a ghetto and a concentration camp. He remained there until the end of the war, but along the way, in 1944, the chemist tried to secure his own release by citing his invention of aspirin. Eichengrun pleaded his case in a detailed letter to I.G. Farben, the then-current owner of Bayer. He even included documents supporting his claim, but in the end, it wasn't enough to win him his freedom. Thankfully, Eichengrun survived, despite the indifference of his former employer. Once the war had ended, he moved back to Berlin, where he was actually viewed as a kind of national hero in some circles. In 1949, the year of his death, he released an account of his true role in aspirin's development. It largely went overlooked for the next 50 years, until the research of pharmacologist Walter Sneeder brought the story to light again. As for Felix Hoffman, he may not deserve all the credit for aspirin, but he still has at least one claim to fame that's all his, for better or worse. In August of 1897, the same month in which aspirin was first synthesized, Hoffman stumbled upon another form of pain reliever, a substance that Bayer would go on to trademark under the name heroin. Bet you didn't see that one coming. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. 
You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show. And a special thanks to Joey Pat, our guest editor for this episode. Last but not least, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? This is Sean Lights Out Merriment. And Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at lightsoutxf.com. And we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to lightsoutxf.com.